1: Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's
0: Sports jack. Sports Yak. It's Sports
1: Yak. Welcome to episode 264 of the
0: Sports Yak podcast. You mean the Bobby Thompson episode? Yes, this Bobby Thompson. Blacker right, pitches. Bobby Thompson takes a strike call on the inside corner. Bobby hitting it 292. 92 Blacker throws. There's a Boy, one of the all-time great home run calls by Russ Hodges. The Giants win the pennant. They storm from 13 and a half games back in the National League, force a best of three with the Dodgers, and win it in the most dramatic fashion with a walk-off three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth, and just drive a dagger into the heart of the Dodgers. Bobby Thompson, 264 career home runs. Most of his career spent with the New York Giants. He did close it out with the Cubs.
1: You know, I'd love to hear the story uh, of the video that we watched that accompanied that audio of the guy that ran to the third base coach in full-on sprint fashion and almost tackled that guy. And then they kind of had their little moment while uh, Bobby made his rounds. Yeah. It, it was a wild scene at the polo grounds <laughs> and
0: i think that's what makes russ hodges call so great is that he's calling it he says they're going crazy they're going
1: crazy and then he just goes crazy <laughs> was that debris on the field too did you kind of notice around the pitcher's mound there was just i mean would that have been like cups and popcorn bags at that time it, It could have been. I I
0: tend to doubt that it was debris. It just might have been the lighting, kind of grainy film. But uh, what, what a great moment. And, of course, Bobby Thompson still remembered to this day for that. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Parental Guidance, Billy Crystal and Bette Midler. It's been a while. Billy Crystal plays a minor league announcer who loses his job. And they go and they're going to spend, because he doesn't have anything to do, they're going to finally spend time with their grandchildren in Atlanta. Okay. And he's got a grandchild who stutters. And he goes to the therapies with them and he sees the different things they kind of do. And the grandson wants to become like grandpa. And so he learns the Russ Hodges call. Oh, wow. And he performs it at this talent show. One of the judges at the talent show, and they don't go into this in the movie, but I recognized him right away, is Ralph Branca, the guy who threw the pitch to Bobby Thompson. Wow. And they never acknowledged that?
1: No. Oh, wow. No. Was it a good movie? I mean, oh,
0: it- it's a fun family movie. I'm going yeah. to check
1: that out. Parental Guidance? Parental Guidance. All right. Billy yes. Crystal. Billy Crystal and Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Yeah. All right. Hot tip. As I hit the record button moments ago, about ten minutes prior, I'm watching Twitter. I always have it open on the morning show. Just I use it for headlines in the morning. When I saw the Len Casper headline, I went, "Oh, we're probably going to talk about this." Well, it segues nicely out of Bobby Thompson into Len
0: Casper, the voice of the Cubs, who gave you calls like this: "Had a grandchild who stutters, and he." goes to the therapies with them, and he sees the different things they kind of do. And the grandson wants to become like Grandpa. And so he learns the Russ Hodges call. Oh, wow. And he performs it at this talent show. One of the judges at the talent show, and they don't go into this in the movie, but I recognized him right away, is Ralph Branca, the guy who threw the pitch to Bobby Thompson. Wow. And they never acknowledge that.
1: No. Oh wow. No. Was it a good movie. I mean, oh,
0: it- it's a fun family movie. I'm about yeah. to check
1: that out. Parental guidance. Parental guidance. All right. Billy yes. Crystal. Billy Crystal and Beth Midler. Beth Midler. Yeah. All right. Hot tip. As I hit the record button moments ago, about ten minutes prior, I'm watching Twitter. I always have it open on the morning show. Just you, I use it for headlines in the morning. When I saw the Len Casper. Headline: I went. Oh, we're probably going to talk about this. Well, it
0: segues nicely out of Bobby Thompson into Len Casper, the voice of the Cubs,
1: who gave you calls like this. And well, now a one-run ball game. Last chance here. It's Ramirez. Fontenot still at first. The pitch to Aramis. There's a drive.
0: Well, those calls will be no more on the north side because it's being announced today that Len Casper is leaving the Cubs TV booth to become the radio voice of the White Sox. Fascinating. Apparently, Len has always had a soft spot for radio and has always kind of valued being a radio play-by-play man more than TV, which is understandable. Because if you're a TV play-by-play man, the pictures really tell the story. Mm-hmm. You're, you're providing captions to, pit, to pictures. And, for instance, if you called up Vin Scully's home run call of the Kirk Gibson Homer in 88 in the World Series, there are long periods of silence in there where he's just letting the pictures and the crowd noise Tell the story That's as opposed to the Russ Hodges Call that we started the show with Where while Thompson's circling The bases First of all he, he's The Giants win the pennant four times And then recounting What happened And then they're going crazy They're going crazy And as Thompson jumps on home plate That kind of Oh Type of call um, So Radio provides more of a challenge for a play-by-play man, and I can understand where Lynn Casper wants to challenge himself. I understand that part. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how you can have, to me, obviously, and if I were a Yankee fan, I'd say the Yankees were the plum job, right. but to me, the plum job of American sports play-by-play voice of the Chicago Cubs, you are on 162 games a year coming into people's living rooms. You've done it for 15 years. You're beloved. And you say, no, I'm leaving you. I'm
1: spurning you. And I'm going to your arch rival. <laughs> Who knows what's happening behind the scenes? A money thing. You know, the challenge of Radio. He's got plenty of gas in the tank, and it's not being utilized. He's only fifty. Yeah. That marquee network might be a dumpster fire. We well, know not
0: of. I think that's part of
1: it. You know, heard uh, they had heard th-
0: things. They were doing things in the booth last year that I, I guarantee, you, Len was like, eh, I don't think this is a good idea. Yeah, but he's not going to come
1: out and say that. Yeah, and as a sports fan. Who could be winning more games from this day forward? Well, honestly, I think that's part of
0: it, too. I mean, I, I admire those people who can be the longtime voice of a losing team. Honestly, I did it for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I called, a, I called games for a team that made one NCAA tournament in 10 years. They played a lot more bad baseball than they played good baseball. But you do it because you love the game, and it's it's fun. Even Now, it's more fun when they're winning than when they're
1: losing. Yeah, there's always the hope that you might turn a corner. Right. You might get a spark. You might get an athlete who steps in and takes them to the next level. And, Unfortunately for you, they didn't. And, and every day in baseball is different,
0: <laughs> so you see something new just about every day. You got to travel. Got to travel. So. I, I Hey, I wouldn't trade the experience for anything. It was great. Um,
1: That said... uh, Where are White Sox radio games?
0: They are going to now be on ESPN 1000. Okay. So, good solid signal. He'll he'll be heard lots of places. Now, of course, the question is, when will my phone ring? Um, (laughs) No, it won't, because the Cubs have already decided that they're moving Chris Myers from the studio to the play-by-play booth. Chris Myers... Started his career at ESPN. Um, Then he took over. Do you remember Roy Firestone did an interview show called Up Close? Yeah. Chris Myers took that over for a number of years. And I thought he did a pretty good job of it. You're going to make me cry, Chris. I I think he's excellent in the studio. He's a good interviewer. I've never heard him do a baseball game.
1: Interesting.
0: I don't know if he's ever done a baseball game. Um,
1: So that said... I just, I wonder how this is all going to play out. An unknown commodity. You know, there was another man that had a similar situation like that, and his name was Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Look, look how he turned out. Not in sports, though. I was trying to make a... Metaphor. No, but I mean... Somebody sees something in this guy where it's not just to stick a hole in the dam. It's well, like we might have something here. He's done play-by-play play before for football.
0: Uh, I've I've heard him on Fox and and doing games, and he's fine. Right. Um, Whether he's the answer or not, apparently the Marquee Network thinks he's the answer. So there's the big seismic change in Chicago today. The seismic change in Chicago yesterday came in left field. Kyle Schwarber was not tendered a contract by the Chicago Cubs and allowed to become a free agent. For the common fan... Can you define to me what tendered means? It means you were not offered a contract. You just weren't offered. Yeah. Now, you weren't offered a contract because he was asking $8.5 million and the Cubs didn't feel he was worth $8.5 million. What was he making? That's Less? No, that's what he was making. Oh, he just wants to re-up. He, he wanted to re-up for one more year, and the Cubs passed on that. So that makes him a free agent. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't re-sign with the Cubs, but if he re-signs for the, with the Cubs, it'll be for a lesser amount. And I know there are Cub fans out there who are very loyal to Kyle Schwarber. I've got a Schwarber shirt hanging in my closet. I understand it. But if you take a cold, hard, objective look at his numbers over the last four years while the power numbers have been there, there are too many strikeouts and too many missed opportunities and a 232 career batting average, which really hinder your ability to make the case for Kyle Schwarber. I don't mean to sound like a management shill here, but these are the kinds of decisions baseball teams have to make all the time. And is Kyle Schwarber an $8 million player? I don't know that he is. Now, maybe a change of scenery does him good. Maybe the fact that the Cubs have gone through hitting coaches like people go through Pez has had an effect on him. That's a possibility too. So maybe he needs to go to somewhere where there's a more stable coaching environment. Whatever the case, I can't say for certain we've seen the last of Schwarber in a Cubs uniform, but if we have, like – like Humphrey Bogart told Ingrid Bergman in Casablanca, we'll always have Paris, we'll always have the 2016 World Series. Mm -hmm. Because Kyle Schwarber was one of the saviors of that Cubs team in that 2016 World Series when he worked his way all the way back from a knee injury to play in that series and
1: play very, very well. You know, with the uh, technology of Twitter, we didn't have this years ago. Seeing the other players tweet to Kyle yesterday was kind of like, oh, wow. And seeing his
0: kind of farewell tweet. Yeah. And as I mentioned, that didn't make it any easier.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ian Hap uh, tweeted a meme of uh, that Will Ferrell scene where he's drinking a glass of wine and he's crying, like heave crying, and the yeah. wine's going everywhere. And it was like, ah, you know, here's hoping friendships last or whatever. But
0: still... And they will, and there's no question he's beloved in that clubhouse. Yeah. There, there was never any question that he was a great clubhouse guy. But you can't keep guys just because they're great clubhouse
1: Get guys. Get out your crystal ball, put you on the spot. Where does Kyle Schwarber fit in well to Major League Baseball if he goes somewhere else? Well, he'd be excellent.
0: Now, here's the thing. Are we going to have, is Major League Baseball going to adopt the designated hitter permanently in both leagues? Because if they don't, and we revert to what it was before last year, where the National League had the pitcher's bat and the American League had the designated hitters, Kyle Schwarber is a terrific designated hitter. Now, I know he's got a good outfield arm, and he showed that. And maybe he could be a left fielder somewhere. I could picture Kyle Schwarber really excelling in a place like Boston with that green monster Short porch in left field. Uh, He could learn how to play left field there and just gun down runners left and right or be the DH. Man, I, I think he'd be a terrific fit with a team like the Red Sox. Okay. Albert Almora Jr., by the way, will not be invited back either for the Cubs. Terrific center fielder defensively, too inconsistent offensively. And the White Sox are going through these things, too. Carlos Rodon, who I saw pitch in college in 2014 and always thought, man, the White Sox took him really high because I saw a bad Notre Dame baseball team hit him pretty well. And I thought, eh, I don't see what everybody else is seeing. Now, obviously, you can't judge everything on one college game. Right. And he has a very good slider when he's healthy. But again, a guy that's just been banged up too much, and the White Sox finally said, enough. So we'll see where he winds up to. Somebody might try to take a flyer on getting a, a fourth or fifth starter with Rodon.
1: You ready to segue into some football talk?
0: College football, and we've got Notre Dame tomorrow at the stadium, now wrapping up the regular season. Wow, what a tumultuous week it's been as the ACC nixes those games on December 12th for the Irish and Clemson, setting them up for the ACC championship game. But Ian Book tomorrow can become the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. If he beats Syracuse tomorrow, and I shouldn't say if, when he beats Syracuse tomorrow, Book will have 30 wins as an Irish starter. That's more than Tom Clements. That's more than Brady Quinn. That's more than Ron Paulus. That's more than anybody. Notre Dame will win this game going away. They are 9-0. Syracuse is 1-9. Syracuse starts six freshmen on defense. They are the fourth youngest team in college football. And Notre Dame is made up of experienced players, many fifth-year seniors. So I invite you to watch Countdown to Kickoff at, on WNDU at 1.30. Watch the first half of the game and then find yourself something more entertaining than the second half of that game, unless unless you like watching the walk-ons play because they'll probably get a chance tomorrow. What else do we have in college football? We've got a doubleheader on Pulse FM tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. we Not, got Purdue and Indiana. Yeah, Purdue taking on Nebraska at ross Aid Stadium. Kind of a depleted Purdue roster. Aiden O'Connell now out for the season with foot surgery, so Jack Plummer continues a quarterback. Can Xander Horvath, the Marion kid, continue his stellar season? Can the Boilers get off this three-game losing skid with the less-than-mighty Cornhuskers coming into ross Aid? It's a noon start on 92.1 and 96.9 FM.
1: Here's hoping he can unclog that losing streak, Chuck. Because his name
0: is Plummer.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Also at noon
0: tomorrow, not on our airwaves, Ohio State at Michigan State as the Buckeyes try to somehow squeeze six games in so they can qualify for a Big Ten championship and maybe be a legitimate college football playoff contender. And then the game that we have for you on 103.1 FM at 3.30, Indiana with its backup quarterback, Jack Tunnell, takes on number 18 Wisconsin in Camp Randall. Boy, that's going to be a tough task for the Hoosiers. But I'll tell you what, Tom Allen has that team believing right now. And Jack Tuttle is not a terrible quarterback. He was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. I know Tom Allen was really thrilled when he got him. Of course, Michael Penix has played spectacularly this year. But we'll see if Jack Tuttle can kind of take the reins of a Hoosier offense that's been fairly explosive this season, continue to guide it that way, and maybe get Indiana a big road win in the Big Ten.
1: Season number 31 kicks off tonight on TV 46. Hard to believe, isn't it? And, and Bob Nagel has been there for
0: almost all 31 of those seasons. He was the play by play voice when things started off back in 1990, and then some punk kid came in here in 2004. And, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, excited to be over at Hathaway Shack tonight. J.R. Kinesny and St. Joe go over to take on Quentes, Columbus, and Adams. A lot of people believe these might be the two best teams in the NIC, and they start off on opening Friday of the season. So that'll be exciting. We'll have it for you on Facebook, YouTube, and the Champions Network right around 730 and on TV 46 tonight 11 tomorrow morning at 9
1: what does a game look like in a 2020 basketball game are are we hearing sound pumped into the the basketball arenas there will still be parents
0: there okay uh, there'll be about i would say probably about 300 people in the gym so won't you're not going to have the deafening crowd noise on dunks and things like that it's just It's not going to happen.
1: Are you going to be golf announcer, Chuck, or basketball announcer, Chuck? Well, you know,
0: I kind of wonder about that a little bit. When somebody's at the foul line, I might have to watch my volume if they're they're down in front of me a little bit. Uh, I'll have to see what the acoustics of the arena are like and probably adjust on the fly. The one thing I noticed, I went to the Tuesday night game over at Adams to watch them against Bowman Academy, scout them out a little bit, and I noticed there are some things that have not changed. And the one thing that I noticed that has not changed is you will hear fans yelling, "Call it both ways over the back." <laughs> he's traveling, and uh, and that's good. That there still needs to be some normalcy.
1: Running commentary.
0: I also noticed that uh, during every timeout, they brought the basketball over to the scorer's table to have it sprayed and wiped down mm-hmm. and de-COVIDized, I guess. So we'll see. We'll see what it's like. It's uh. It's an a little bit like opening up a Christmas gift and not really knowing what's inside. And we'll have that opportunity tonight. So I can watch it online. Yes. On the WHME forty six sports Facebook page, on our YouTube page, WHME forty six sports, or if you want to sample a variety of games from around the state, go to the IHSA Champions Network. We'll be there along with whoever
1: else is broadcasting. And then later tonight at eleven. If you just want to wait, at 9. watch
0: it on free T V. 11 o'clock tonight, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. If you okay. want to watch it multiple times, feel free.
1: What else going on that you're not broadcasting? Boy, good game tonight
0: over Demetrius Jackson Court. Riley at Marion. Riley, of course, has Blake Wesley, the other Notre Dame commit in town. He's averaging 32 points a game. He's got some help from guys like Jackson Copley and Isaiah Robinson. They go over to take on a Marion team that played stifling defense on Tuesday night against a good Goshen backcourt, only gave up 30 points in that game. Marion in the past has always had these stars, Demetrius Jackson, Devin Kennedy, Jaden Ivey, Jerry Bracey. They don't really have that this year. So they were a much more balanced team the other night. Declan Sullivan had 16, Richard Brooks had 13, Cairo Franklin had 11. It'll be interesting to see how Rob Berger, first of all, what they do to defend Wesley, probably be a 2-3 zone. And secondly, uh, how Marion spreads the ball around to attack the Riley defense because, to be honest, the two wins that Riley has so far this year against LaPorte and Jimtown, not the most powerful teams this year. We'll see how they do against a very good Marion team tonight. Also tonight, Washington kind of in a rebuilding mode. They're 0-2. They've struggled out of the gate against Lake Central and Elkhart. They go over to take on New Prairie. New Prairie has a, a nice duo of Ryland McBride and Braden Flagg that does a lot of scoring for them. Uh, they beat Plymouth, but they had to go to overtime to do that. So here's a, here's a matchup where Washington and their athletic point guard, Marcus Northern and Tyshawn Grundy, maybe have a little more speed than New Prairie does and can take advantage of that quickness. And then Warsaw visits Homestead. Now, Matt Moore's done a nice job at Warsaw. He's 2-0 so far. He's going to play a Homestead team that has Luke Good, who's going to Illinois, and Fletcher Lawyer, who's going to Purdue, and another kid by the name of Andrew Leeper, who's a terrific three-point shooter. That may be the best shooting trio in the state of Indiana. So good luck, Warsaw. As you go down to have to defend that
1: <laughs> college basketball tonight. This one stings just a little bit because if we were in a normal sea, my son-in-law and daughter would be at this game. Yeah, because they lived near Valparaiso, but Luke loves him some Purdue basketball.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's sad to see a game at Mackey Arena where the paint crew is usually such a great factor in rooting them on, and it's usually one of the loudest arenas in college basketball. And of course, it can't be that way right now. But Valparaiso goes to take out Purdue. Purdue the other day, Corey, hit 17 three-pointers in a win over Oakland. So if you're Valparaiso, you say, okay, well we got to protect the perimeter. Then what do you do with the big 7-4 kid inside? Zach Eady. So uh, Valpo's up against it tonight, but we'll see how the Crusaders can do as they make the short trek down I-65 to take on the Boilermakers. What happened at Purcell Pavilion last night? Nothing good for the women basketball team at the University of Notre Dame. Ivy's team, and she's the first to admit this, needs to work on its defense. Uh, they're not guarding very well right now, and it shows. As Michigan had a two-point halftime lead, then. Pulled away in the fourth quarter and won this one 76-66. The Irish did themselves no favors at the foul line either. So there's two areas that Notre Dame is going to be working on quite a bit before they play IUPUI on Sunday at Purcell in the last non-conference game. But Notre Dame falls to 1-2 now. Make no mistake about it, Michigan's a good team. They're in the top 25 at number 24, very physical team. Much more experienced. Remember, Notre Dame is not a very experienced team. They're still fairly young. So Niel's going to have to bring this team along, but she would like people to learn their lessons a little bit quicker than what they are right now. Mm. And it wasn't any better at the Compton last night either. Yeah. Ooh. So I'm watching this game on NHL Network. I settle in. I'm going to watch some Notre Dame hockey. There's the opening faceoff. 11 seconds into the game, it's one nothing Arizona State. They win the faceoff, they skate down, and they say, boom, and whistle one past the goalie. Now, a minute 55, it's 2 nothing Sun Devils. And they go on to win it by a count of 6-3. So here's an Arizona State program that's really only in its fourth year of existence. Sun Devil hockey, wow. They're playing all their games on the road this year. Every hockey game they play will be on the road. Wow because they don't have a facility or well i think it's facility plus covid oh okay so well. every game they play will be on the road they are a they're a barnstorming team right now <laughs> they go city to 63. city and and take on teams but they have now won three straight games they swept Wisconsin last weekend in Madison Come to South Bend, and they win the opener against Notre Dame. Same two teams tonight at the Compton.
1: And I wish I could say tickets are available, but they're not. Speaking of Wisconsin, today's Friday, Thursday. Wednesday, I'm driving downtown, and I go past the Loft Hotel. Okay. Why would there have been a Wisconsin Badgers bus in town? I have no idea. Who would they have been? Uh... There was
0: nothing going on that I know of that involved Wisconsin. Yeah,
1: and I saw... Players or what? Not walking in front of the hotel. This is probably two o'clock in the afternoon. Nothing that they yeah
0: have no I idea why they were there. All right, that's got unless, nothing to unless do with it them. was a stopping unless they're making a road trip out east and that was a stopping point. Oh yeah, okay. That's the only thing I can think of.
1: I'm very excited to hear about this quote unquote intern you've hired. Yes,
0: uh, we have spared no expense to this show. And we have gone out and hired ourselves an intern. And the first assignment I gave him was to make a chart of our overrated, underrated segment because we've done this enough now where I'm trying to remember some of the early ones that we did to make sure that we don't repeat Mm -hmm. as we go along. and Because the last thing I want is for the Sports Yak listener to say, wait a minute,
1: I've heard this garbage before. You know what I would say, to push back on that a little bit, unless something has happened in the career of one of these people that Things might sway of the course. pendulum. Of yes. Of course.
0: But I don't think that's happened in, say, the last two months. No, I wouldn't say <laughs> that. No. Especially considering many of the artists that we talk about.
1: Oh, young TJ had to sit through this. <laughs> Oof. What a... And, and he's only made it up to two fifty
0: and what's today's episode number two sixty four
1: yeah, so the intern still has some work to do, well, does he get extra credit at all in any class for this um
0: well we're we're not a credit based class
1: oh, okay um by the way, did he ever give you any feedback on the project he turned in oh, with me he He thought you were wonderful. Did he get a grade on that? I don't know. you know we may have to have the intern
0: on the show, yeah. And uh, you and he can discuss said project. You can give him an evaluation on his work here, uh, because I have to admit I corrected some spelling on some of the some of the people.
1: He left the e out of oats. That's the first one I saw. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. At least he did it. I'm I'm very excited about this. So, we've got documentation now. We have
0: we have documentation. <laughs> Fact, maybe we'll want to take pictures of the chart and share them with the sportchack listener. We could totally do so that. So they can catch up.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know, actually there's a lot to tweet. We've got this photo. I got a lot of feedback on the reenactment of my walk. Oh, really? From you? Yeah, that that made it on my Twitter yesterday. Okay. A lot of people Did people feel like it was an accurate portrayal? There was uh, there were many memes that lined up <laughs> With I'll show you some of those post-yak. Okay, uh, are you ready for today's overrated, underrated? Discussion? I do. I do have a. I do have uh, just one today.
0: Okay, um, I am going to throw one at you. Right, okay,
1: right off the bat here, let's go with Mr. Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, underrated or overrated? Hmm. Do we have an actual name for down the middle? Um, or do I, we I, need to draw a line in the I, sand? You either say overrated or the, underrated.
0: The intern, mm-hmm. the intern has listed appropriately rated on the sheet.
1: Oh, okay. If you'll look at the work of I the am. Intern. I'm looking at the spreadsheet here. Yeah. Moments where I did not weigh in, where you did not weigh in. Right. Appropriately rated is only, hap- well, these are older episodes. Okay. Yes. Neil Diamond, body of work, singer, songwriter touring performer, actor who yeah. can forget the jazz singer and Saving Silverman. I'm going to go appropriately rated. And why so? Uh, good body of work. Um, You could easily fill up a playlist with his greatest hits. The Jazz Singer is not a bad movie. It's actually a decent movie. Saving Silverman is one of the greatest of all time. Um... <laughs> You know, you're going to hear the bar sing along with a Neil Diamond song more than likely once in an evening if oh, you're yeah. going out. Yeah, no question. But I feel like, uh, is he not getting the credit? No. Is he getting too much? No, he's fine. I think he's right down the middle.
0: I would have to side with you on that one. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think he's, I don't think you could overrate him because I think he's really good. Yes. Uh, and has put forth a, a terrific body of work and continues you know if if Neil Diamond's in concert somewhere people are going to show up people are going to be there even though I, I believe he's had some health problems in recent years
1: On the Spot favorite Neil Diamond song go Cracklin' Rosie uh, The Third most streamed song of his catalog. I mean, obviously, Sweet Caroline is going to be number one, number one. with
0: people. Oh, way and, above and beyond. And you know what's amazing about that song, Corey, is I've heard at least two high schools locally adopt it. Like, they sing it after games, and the players come over and sing it with the students and the whole bit, and it's it's just kind of weird that High school kids would be taking this song from 50 years ago yeah. and, and using that.
1: Well, that shows you the communal moment of singing a song together, bringing you together. You don't even know what the song's about, but that ba-ba-ba, doing that together, having a great time, it does something for the spirits. I wanted to bring this up. This is a visual only for Chuck I would put this album cover in the top 20 of all time. Oh, that's very good. The Hot August Night album cover. I remember seeing this growing up going, that dude's a rock star with the jean, the denim, open shirt, fancy. At first, I actually thought it was Joe Cocker.
0: Actually, you know what I need to do? And I know exactly where this album is, is. I have an album from the former White Sox organist, Nancy Faust, who used to play... All kinds of tunes at games, and I made a cassette of said album to play at Notre Dame baseball games when I was the PA announcer back when I was a student. Okay, and so we, you know, of course, would entertain the fans between innings with organ music. And uh, One one of those is forever in blue jeans. So performed by
1: Nancy Faust.
0: Yes, nice. The Neil Diamond. That's nice.
1: Hit. This actor was trending on Twitter yesterday, all of a sudden exploded in a flurry of, this guy should be in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Why has he not been chosen yet? Because he could easily do what other people have done before, where those actors could not do what he could do. Okay. He's also a singer, he's a performer, and when he shows up on a late night show, it's usually pretty funny. Pretty great. Justin Timberlake. I give you Jack Black. Oh. Underrated, overrated.
0: Mm. Versatile performer. Boy, he he can do a lot of things. Jack Black reminds me of a modern-day Sammy Davis. You know, those kind of guys that could do comedy, they could do drama, they could sing, they could mm-hmm. I, I would say Jack Black is underrated I, I think okay. I think first of all like I said he can do so many things and do them well and secondly he, he's very there's something athletic about his performances
1: too The physicality of his comedic stuff is, it's funny. Yeah. So. Nacho Libre. Oh, don't
0: get Diane Freebie started on Nacho Libre. One of her favorites? She'll put that in the pantheon of great movies of all time.
1: Reasons why I like her. Uh, The voice acting of a Kung Fu Panda franchise. Sure. Sure. I don't know that those movies would be as good as they are without him. Um. You know the Jumanji stuff is enjoyable. Juman, he's fine in Jumanji. What
0: was the movie? Oh, School of Rock. School of Rock, fantastic movie. I think that's the one that kind of set him on his way. Don't you? Uh
1: I'd have to look at a, I'd have to look at an IMDb account to really. Yeah, I
0: understand.
1: Really drill down on uh, what you're talking about there. But I'm going underrated. What say you? I am in agreement with you. He does not get the oomph he deserves which is why he was trending yesterday like this guy should be put in a Marvel movie. Now the question is, what would he play? The Michelin Man. No. um... That's not a Marvel (laughs) character. You take that back. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. He's obviously an amazing comedic sidekick, whatever that is. I think he could be a great villain. Like I was kind of bummed that The Batman folks didn't include him, like Riddler, Penguin, Joker maybe.
0: Yeah, see, Batman goes too dark on Penguin for my taste.
1: Depending on what, yeah, what lane you're going to drive in, yes. Right. Like a TV Penguin? He would be more of the TV Penguin. Yeah. Yeah. What do you call that? Kitchy? Campy. Yeah, campy. Yeah. We're both saying underrated.
0: Right. That felt good. Last one for you. Come on. On today's episode, taking you back to the late 70s,
1: the 80s,
0: a little group, a little four-letter group that I like to call, and so we do, Sticks.
1: Sticks. I was listening to a podcast about Rush, and they were uh, exploring the Signals record. Okay. And there's a popular song from Rush on there, and there's a lyric that has always stuck out in my head and getty lee sings too much hands on my time that is an actual salute to their heroes sticks really too much time, time on, on my hands. hands they thought the music of sticks held up in the rock and roll world and i thought well how about that rush saying sticks is good now is that going to influence you uh i was a sticks fan growing up mm-hmm but as I got older, and then you listen to a body of work, I don't think they ever figured out who they were. You got your Dennis DeYoung, who obviously leans almost Broadway ish. A balladeer. You know, big, whatever, kind of flashy. Yes. Then you got your Tommy Shaw, who is rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Niles, Michigan, by the way. Yeah. Then you got to, who else was in that band? Tommy Shaw. Dennis D. Young. Those are probably the big two. You know, so you got your Mr. Roboto thematic whatever that was. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you got Come Sail Away. You got Too Much Time on My Hands. You got uh, Renegade, which was an absolute favorite of mine. Mm -hmm. I would say, this is a tough one. If you're putting them in like the top 20 rock bands of all time, rock radio, Overrated. I didn't
0: think we were going to agree on this one,
1: but we do. Oh. It's no grand illusion, Chuck. We agree. I,
0: here's the thing every song that you've mentioned, I like. Yeah. But I think you hit the nail on the head. What are they? Yeah. Who are they? And now. People might say, well, Chuck, you're talking on both sides of your mouth because you talk about how Jack Black is so versatile. Mm-hmm. And yet sticks, you're not appreciating their versatility. Well, for a music group, and I'm not saying everything you churn out has to be the same, but I, I, change of speed is fine for a music group. This is almost like change of format.
1: I yeah, don't really I don't know, know that what it was versatility. Expect. I don't think they knew who they were. I think there was too many butting heads of, let's be this over here. No, 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 Let's yeah. be this over here. And I love a band to evolve in their sound or whatever, but I mean, I, they just, it's like, who are they? And I'm not the biggest Dennis DeYoung fan. No? No. I'm failing That I, I see
0: that song. That song's probably the one that pushes me to
1: overrate it. I am a secret, secret, have you had a secret. Domo regato, Mr. Roboto. Domo? Domo. Domo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> oh, mama, I'm in fear for my... Love that song. Oh, right. No! Love that song. <gasps> but see,
0: don't you think that there's more Tommy Shaw influence on that song?
1: Oh, yeah. So the rock songs are Tommy Shaw, so, which is why... Damn, Yankees was such a good band. And and here's the thing. That's where
0: if, if you think of us and there's a needle going straight up and down and overrated's on one side and underrated's on the other, I would almost treat them like Hall and Oates. I would say Tommy Shaw, underrated, Dennis DeYoung, Overrated. overrated. I am with and you. And that's what pushes
1: me to overrate. I am totally with you. Yeah, if one side of the needle has a Dennis side and a Tommy side. But here's the thing. Can you name a Tommy Shaw solo no, song? No, I can't. No, because they didn't, they didn't land.
0: Right. So, recapping. Actually, neither did Dennis DeYoung. Recapping the segment. Neil Diamond, right on. Jack Black,
1: underrated. Sticks, overrated. Oh, the intern right now is... Slapping his hands together, rubbing them. Can't wait to get to that spreadsheet. Trying to make it easier for him. <laughs> Ease him into his duties. Because why would he actually listen to the segment when Dad can just hand him? So how about how about today's show? I feel good about this. I mean, well, a well-rounded show.
0: Feel good about
1: it. I feel real good about it. In fact, we should probably do it again on Monday. Okay. Hey. You're on Twitter, aren't you? I am at my name is Corey, where you can see, and I will retweet this on the SportsYak account, Chuck reenacting how I walk in twenty twenty. It's it's a delight for the census.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm on Twitter as well.
0: You at are at 46 Sports. Are you accredited yet? Do you got the check mark yet? No. I hear they're redoing the rules for the blue check mark. And may I just say, and I hope I don't offend anybody with this. Damn it! I want a blue check mark.
1: <laughs> Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an outburst <laughs> like that one. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga luga, Bobby Thompson. The Giants win the banner! We've had some fun, yeah. The show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Jack. Sport Jack. Sport Jack is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done.